up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Thanks for joining us. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you're doing well. And if you're not doing well, I hope you have a path towards being well. I hope you've got people in your life that are walking with you. We're here to walk with you as well. I'm so glad you're here. If you want to be on the show, you want to talk about what's going on in your life, in your relationships, in your home, in your kids' schools, in your heart and mind, whatever's going on, 1-844-693-3291. It's 1-844-693-3291. Or go to johndeloney.com slash show. Fill out the form and it will go to Kelly and she will give you a shout and we will have you on. Listen, I'm super excited. Today is a special show. I think as a culture, and you're talking to a nerd with two PhDs, okay? I think we have gone insane when it comes to facts and figures and data and more information. We've become addicted to more data. That's the way we solve our anxiety issues and our depression issues and our systemic issues. And all. We need more data, more data, more data. And sometimes data is really, really important. And sometimes it's, a, it's the same nonsense over and over repackaged, more fear, more drama, more whatever repackaged. And we were looking for quick fixes. And so one of the places I often go when I'm trying to dig into human problems how do I look at marriage again in a new way? How do I look at breakups and heartbreak and tragedy and grief in new ways? You've heard me talk about this. I go to music. I go to songwriters. I go to poets. I go to fiction, right? It allows me to inhabit other people and to experience things that I don't have the words for or that I can read a chart and a graph, but it doesn't, it doesn't impact my heart and my mind and my soul the way a good song does the way a good piece of art does, the way a, a, um, a great performance poetry piece does, right? The way a good book does. So this is so awesome. So the cool thing about being here in Nashville is there are the most extraordinary songwriters on planet Earth all live here. Some extraordinary poets, filmmakers, authors, they all live here and they just hang out in the coffee shops. And you can walk to any coffee shop. And the cool thing about Nashville is there's no paparazzi. It's against the rules here. You walk in and everybody's a person just like you, and they're just getting their coffee and their weird food or whatever it is they're doing, just like you. So it's awesome to run into people, to meet people, and suddenly you look up and these people are your friends. And I'm so excited to have one of Nashville's most respected songwriters and guitarists and musicians and writers, folks that work behind the scenes. You may have never heard his name, but man, you mention his name in this community and everyone's like, oh, that guy's the best. And he happens to also be a podcaster of one of my favorite podcasts. I don't talk about it very often. It's so personal to me, so I'm letting that cat out of the bag. I'm talking about Andrew Osenga. goes by Andy O. Andy Osenga is my friend here in town. He's a, a singer-songwriter. He is a guitarist who has played Carnegie Hall. He's traveled the world, the globe, literally, playing guitar for bands. And he also is the host of a podcast called The Pivot. It's one of the most important podcasts in the world to me. It talks about the opposite of what every other podcast talks about. Most podcasts talk about, here's how to crush it and go get your dreams and how to... His podcast talks about what happens when you went for it and you failed. What happens when you woke up and you're 35 and you're a rock star and your leather pants don't fit anymore and you don't have any income? What do you do now? This idea of how do you change directions midstream? And he is wise, and he's smart, 
and he's spent many a night in tour buses, many a night with other songwriters, many a night on stage, many a night behind closed doors listening to people's hearts and minds and their fears and their hopes. And he's an awesome dad, an awesome husband, and he's vulnerable and open. And so on today's show, we talk about what's it like when you quote unquote make it, but your bank account doesn't reflect it. When you quote unquote make it, but you still got to deal with the fact that you stumbled through being a dad that day. You're kind of a crappy husband. And how do you pick yourself up? How do you change directions when life has different plans for you than you did, right? What if you do everything right and it still all falls apart? Man, we talked to a wise, wise guy. Osanga's a Christian guy. He works with a lot of Christian artists. And he also sees the messiness that goes on behind the closed doors in church communities and faith communities. And he just puts it all out there for us in this awesome interview. So as always, we're just going to drop right into the middle of the interview. There's not going to be a good start and a good end to it. We're just going to drop right in the middle of it. So I'm so glad you joined us. Stay tuned for an awesome conversation with my good friend and world-class guitarist and world-class songwriter, Andy Osinga. Oh, man. Well, hey, Andy, I'm so glad you're here. And we have a lot to talk about. Two big things first. Number one... So before I took this job, I was working at a university, and as a part of my the way I lived my life, mm-hmm. it was a goal of mine to not exist on the internet, to yes. never be there. And I did one p- podcast for a friend back in Texas, awesome guy, and then I swore it off, I'm never going to do that again. And then I had like a talk with my soul about, dude, you got to be on the internets, like the world <laughs> is just that way. <laughs> And then I had one podcast that I listened to religiously, and it was your show, The mm. Pivot. And it was a it was something so new. I think I ran into you, and I was like, "Oh, hey, I'm John. By the way, I've got an idea for a TV show." And yeah. I mean, it was the concept of your show was so brilliant, and it's really what got my mind thinking bigger about man. If you're gonna exist in this universe in this day and age, and you want to be serious about helping other people live a little bit differently or you want to give people hope in while they're mowing the yard or in, in these areas we've never been able to do it you're gonna have to be on the internet and your show gave me an avenue and tell folks about this show the genesis of it it's so good it's so i love every second of it tell me about it oh man you're so kind well um yeah first of all i remember meeting you we were at a fireworks show and you had just moved to town and we had never met Dude, I'm so too much too. No, I, I love know it, that because you were like, "Hey, I know you, and here's an idea for a TV show for you." By the way, my name's John. I, I and know, was, and which I, was a great way listen, to meet you. I beat people up so I much. I love it. I am. I'm too much. For those of you who don't listen, I'm a lot. <laughs> I am. It's why I live in the woods because I meet somebody and I'm like, "Listen, um, I've heard some records you were on." And so we're going to be best friends. I love it. Let's start today. I love it. I'm glad we are friends. Oh, um, man. Uh, yes, you're so glad. The show is called The Pivot. And um, I, I had, uh, I'd been a guitar player for a long time, musician for a long time. And then I took my first job job at 35 years old as a uh, working in a record company. I did that for two years. And I thought, this is where I'm going to retire. This is it. This is my thing. And one day they were like, hey, this is not your thing. <laughs> um, you don't work here anymore. And uh, I did not have a plan B. Mm-hmm. And um, we had just gotten out of debt. We had, I was 37. I had two, three kids and a mortgage. You know, or I guess we hadn't got, gotten all the debt. We paid off all the, all the little things. And um, 
all of a sudden I was like in free fall. And let's back up before that. Yeah. When, when you're a guitarist, yeah, 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 and you land this stage, or you finally get to play with this band, or this one guy asks you to tour with them, that is the plan forever, right? That, yeah, oh yeah. Because you're all you're gonna be millionaires. You're gonna wake up in leather pants. It's just gonna be okay. No one plays guitar for a living. Like dreams of that, and thinks about when you're 34, <laughs> <laughs> or when you have your third daughter on the way. Yeah, right? yeah. No, it's just you're gonna be 26 forever for eternity. Leather yeah. pants will always be the right choice, right? <laughs> always. The, the most challenging concern of a day is which pedals to have in the pedal board, right? That's always going to be a thing. It's still is concerned. It is. It's yeah. big. You're the best pedal guy I know. So then you go to job. Yeah. Which is, which is there's a whole thing about that of like leaving the thing that I had been my dream mm-hmm. and taking a job felt like failure, uh, which we, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, so right about the time I started to feel comfortable as in this new world and with who I was, it was pulled out from under me, um, which just whatever. They just had to let people go, and it's fine. Um, but uh, not knowing what to do, what, what I found was the next day, or the next like couple days, the next couple weeks, all of a sudden the conversations I had with my friends were different. Mm. Because everybody, all of a sudden I was a safe person, and everybody was like... Because you were a failure? Yeah. And they were like, dude, that happened to me too. Or I feel like that's about to happen to me, or I hate my job, or uh. I don't know what I'm doing. Whereas a couple of weeks ago when I had the cool job in the office and the top floor and everything, you know, like nobody was willing to talk. Nobody wanted to, I was not the guy you went to, to talk about that stuff. Uh, okay. So all of a sudden I was a safe place. And meanwhile, I've been listening to all these podcasts that I love about people who, you know, I started Southwest Airlines. I did this amazing thing. I did, I was listening to all these people's successes, but I was like deep in my own failure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt like I need to know other people have been here and that it's okay hmm. and these people were t- all my friends were telling me these stories that were so helpful and i had free time and some <laughs> microphones in the basement so i started and i started a podcast and this was kind of you know it was before everybody started a podcast it was one of the og podcasts kind of was yeah. who knew um i just love podcasts and had free time so i started interviewing my friends just hey can we have a conversation about not how you made it but what happened when the question is uh, what did you do when life stopped working the way it used to? And I started talking, it started being about career, mm-hmm. but eventually you sort of pull the camera back because career is typically a symptom of the rest of your life. Mm. You know, how is your family? You know, what happens when your health fails? What happens when your family falls apart? What happens when you lose your faith? Mm-hmm. What happens when you get a faith? Right. You know, what, when something major changes, life doesn't work the way it used to. You walk in the room, you flip on the light switch and it doesn't turn on. What do you do? And that is fascinating to me. Why, why do we not have... It happens to everyone. It happens to everyone all Over. the time. Why do we not talk about this? Because it's embarrassing. Why, Because though? we're ashamed. Huh. And why, why does... Why, it's, it's, it's like um, the dinner, right? Like, we're not ashamed. We all eat, right? <laughs> we do it every day. <laughs> Why, I, I, you've, you've just sat down with so many people. I love, love, love the idea hmm. of what happens when the thing you thought was going to happen didn't, yeah. right? And my work with crisis has always been, you show up when it's at a situation, people, nobody thought their day was going to end like this, yeah. right? Or they thought they were going to be married to that person forever, and that person's not there anymore. 
Or I thought I was going to go to my kid's graduation. That kid's not there anymore. I thought this job was the next thing. I thought I was going to be 20. I love that line. I thought I was going to be 26 forever. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't have a plan after that. Yeah. Why can we not talk about this? And so, and that, that's what has been so fun and so freeing is being able to have those conversations with people, realizing that everybody has that story, whether they're, you know, some people that failure led to the next success, some people that failure led to a bunch more failures. <laughs> to a hole in the ground. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, it, but if you're still living and breathing, life goes on. So yeah. what do you do? And how do we, how do we pursue health? How do we pursue community? How do we pursue God mm -hmm. in, in that? Because that's where we find those things. That's where, when we lose those, when we lose our identity, when we lose the things that we often have have idolized, mm -hmm. that's when we have a chance to rebuild on a better foundation. Mm -hmm. If you were to to step back from, I mean, you've done multiple seasons now of the show, and it's just, it's, I can't recommend it enough. I know it feels weird to go to this show, so I'm telling you to go to someone else's. It's so <sighs> good. Go to that, um, the pivot with Andy Singa. If you were to, to step back and say, what are a couple of commonalities that you've experienced with folks when things fall apart? Hmm. When that record deal, like, you're going to be the guy, and then it doesn't happen. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Or that show doesn't happen, or that job you got laid off, or he got cancer and passed away. What, what's some commonalities there? The people that handle that stuff well are the people who have already done the work. And what I mean, the work, like, you can know instantly when somebody has done the work. And I mean, like, the work of knowing their own story. Knowing uh, when you've already got the sense of my job does not define me, my status does not define me, I'm defined by how God created me and how he views me. Mm. When, you, when you can operate out of that space, you're okay. Mm. You know? And when you can't, you fall apart. And that's, um, that's the biggest thing that I've taken away from it is you can tell immediately who, who, who had done that work. Who knew who they were outside of yeah. whatever it is they were chasing? Who was prepared for it? Not that you're prepared for what happens. You're prepared for anything for life, right? Yeah. Um, so, so and it's made me want to be that person. It's it's identified for me places where I have not done that work. Okay, and that's been really helpful and really not fun sometimes. Super, <laughs> yes. Not. Okay, so um, one of the most common conversations we have on this show is talking about. You gotta let you gotta let whatever fantasy, and it's it's kind of uh, like a thumb in your eye way to phrase it. But I thought my marriage was gonna look like this. Mm -hmm. I thought my in laws were gonna treat my grandkids like this. I thought my health was gonna always be. I thought we were always gonna be twenty six. Whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, there's this so hard to make that turn. Yeah. Right. So the uh, the illusion is if I can just get here. Everything's mm -hmm. going to be okay, right? Mm -hmm. If I can just get my husband to fill in the blank, if I can just get my kids to get these grades or get into this school, things are going to be fine. If I can just get this debt paid off, then if I could finally get into those pair of pants again, it's just going to, Yeah. And you've gotten to experience this in a way that is a true fantasy for folks because you've traveled the globe with multi-platinum artist you've you've played guitar you're you're a national i mean you're a national treasure here right um and he rolls his eyes he is if you ask like hey who's the best sonic texture guitarist in the city to a hundred people a hundred of them would say i don't know saying of course call, call Andy, call Andy. <laughs> have you seen his pedal board all of it and by the way he's the only guy in nashville tennessee that's permitted to have the stable offenders that he has james 
James is a Fender guy, and I'm a Gibson guy to the end. I know you are, but you could have both. Listen, he knows what's up. He's a professional. (laughs) He said it. He's got both. He's Switzerland, but whatever. That's like you can only have Phillips head screwdrivers. Like Yes, they're helpful, but you're going to need some flatheads. That hurts. That hurts. All right, fair enough. The wise one. Um, So, oh, Oracle. (laughs) That's a great analogy with the screwdrivers, and I don't have any comebacks to that. <laughs> so you've been on these stages. You've been when the Ryman Auditorium is sold out. You've been in front of massive festival crowds. Tell everybody what it looks like when you quote-unquote make it, right? <laughs> Your bank accounts suddenly fill up. You suddenly are able to see yourself in a new light. Your marriage is great. You're a super parent. Like, Help people deconstruct that fantasy. Yes, I, I made the mistake uh, – when I, I got to play Carnegie Hall with Stephen Curtis Chapman, who had, when I was a kid, was like my idol. Right. I had a poster of him on my wall when I was 12. <laughs> so I got to play, I was in his band, we played Carnegie Hall the first time for him, and I made the mistake of checking my bank account right before I walked on stage, because I was holding my phone just, like, oh, oh, that's not the right color. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't magically just deposit in when you... Uh, no, no. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, the thing is, is that when, when I finally stepped away from my career in music, I was able to look at it. I mean, I still do it, but when I when, when I stepped away for the first time thinking I was done, mm-hmm. I, when I was 35, I could, and I, you know, could write it out on paper. I went, oh, that looks like a guy who's done some stuff. Mm-hmm. But every day of that 16 years that I was full-time doing that just felt like a failure. Every day felt like... Yeah, I'm 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 pretty good, but there's that guy. Mm. But I didn't get that gig, but that guy got that gig. Would there ever be a place? Is there any musicians, any artists that are like, no, nah, I'm here. I, I, Does I that heard, person I have, exist? There's a there's a one of the phrases that goes around guitar players mm-hmm. is John Mayer wants to be Eric Clapton. Eric mm-hmm. Clapton wants to be George Harrison. George Harrison wants to be Paul McCartney. And Paul McCartney wants to be Paul McCartney in 1964. Okay. <laughs> All right. Which, Which is basically John Mayer. <laughs> meaning that yeah. it doesn't matter you're there's always always pushing. somebody better there's always somebody that you that you wish you were mm. when when that's what you operate out of you will never crest the wave and so walk somebody through walking off that stage it because most of us will never walk on stage at carnegie hall right you play a show with your idol on a stage that is magical you step off, you take off your leather pants, because clearly, let's be honest. And then you go backstage, you shower, you go home, and you're in a hotel room by yourself. Yeah. That bank account's the same. Yeah, yeah. Your marriage is the same. Yeah. Your kids are the same. Mm-hmm. Except they missed dad tonight, because yeah. they just had their routine, right? Exactly, They just right? went to bed. I just paid a babysitter. Yeah. 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 So walk people through what that gap in your soul feels like. Yeah, the first few times, it, it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. You feel like you're supposed to... You're supposed to feel fulfilled, and it's not, like, it's not like it's not a great experience. It was. It was amazing. It was. It was awesome. But yeah, it ends right. It's 23 hours of your day left, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've now come to to recognize that that's the cycle that you get the high. It's a camp high. That's what it is. It's a camp uh, high. Okay. And you know it's fleeting. And I've had number one songs on the radio, and next week somebody else has a number one song on the radio. Like it doesn't last. And uh, yeah, the first few times of that are devastating. Because is it because of the expectation? Or you're caught off guard by it. Well, it's because you spend your whole like when you're a kid. I'm nine years old, drawing you know 
drawing stages on in you know on my notebooks and <laughs> that's all I think about and so when you do it and you realize that's it oh that's it that's it that's it you know uh, I've heard you know one of uh, somebody says someone must say of Shakespeare even of Beethoven is this all yeah you know if that's if that's the end goal your accomplishment like it's you're never gonna you're never gonna get it Jeff Bezos cannot get enough money he has more money than anyone in the history of the world of earth of of entire history and it's still not enough and he's got a new plan for the next thing right yeah it, because if that's what defines you you're out you're out of luck so when you when you are sitting at home listening to this or you're driving down the road and you think whoa okay so this guy played carnegie hall planned his whole life to get here got there it's awesome paid his debts off is a is by all metrics because your daughters are incredible. Is a good dad, um, good husband, well respected in the industry. That didn't put a period at the end of the sentence for Andy, right? Then I'm I'm backing out, thinking I'm a soccer mom. I'm shuttling kids around town. If I could just fill in the blank, if I could just do this, what do you tell folks as an artist? Because I I, I Mental health folks do their thing, and they mm-hmm. use science, and they use it. I think the beauty of art is it gets in the soul through the back door, and it unwinds people in a way that you feel it here. And I think that's the, one of the great tragedies of our times. We've just sucked the artistry out of so much stuff, right? Mm. Um, it's content. As it, it, I mean, yeah. it's, it, it's the marrow of these bones, right? So what would you tell somebody is more important than getting on that stage? Oh, man. I love that you asked that. I so now my primary vocation is uh, I work at a record company in worship music. Okay, and I oversee a large group of artists and songwriters and who are twenty six, thinking this is going to be twenty six forever. Right? Some of them, ah, yeah. Okay, and and my role is to help them find the best songs and create the best versions of those songs to share to people, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And I talk often, you know, often I will say. You know, when people are stressed or frustrated or this didn't work or they're angry about this or, you know, legitimate or not, there are a lot more janitors in the world than there are full-time musicians right. or part-time musicians. You know, most most people that I'm ever going to run across in my life are the lucky few. Mm. Just because they live in America, because they live in this time of this, you know, 2021. It's a little snapshot of history. You yeah. know, like... uh the biggest way to fight cynicism or bitterness, which is what happens after that hollowness, right? After that night where you, you get the high and then you feel the hollowness in the hotel room at the, at the end of the night, like what follows is a choice between bitterness or gratitude. Mm. And that takes intentionality. And it usually also takes community. Mm. It takes friends. It takes people who can call you on it and say, hey, you know what? Stop being a... a, a you know, I need to figure out what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, stop being a jerk. That was awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Now, how do you, how do you keep being a good dad? How can, you Live know, in the gratitude. Now what? What do you do with that? You know, it's not what next, but it's what do you do that you've done that? How can you, how does this enable you to serve your community better? How does mm. this enable you to be, to love your wife better, to, um, to be a better neighbor, better friend? And so... Um, I think gratitude and community are really the antidotes for that. And the, that's fascinating because I think the tendency I have is to say, well, if, if a stage isn't going to help, 
if being a good husband isn't going to make me feel whole, then why try? And it's both and, right? It's it's, both, yeah. it's cool to be really good at your craft and be well-respected in your industry and to recognize that's fleeting and that doesn't define all of you, right? Yeah. And I'll say this, like, when I've stopped, I stopped playing music for a living, like chasing that. Like, mm-hmm. I now know, without beyond a shadow of a doubt, that I am not going to be a major star as a musician. Okay. Because I'm a certain age, I've moved into a different phase of it. Mm-hmm. I still play a lot of music around town and work on records and, mm-hmm. and write songs. And it's so much more fun for me now. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I've put all the time into it, so I'm, I'm decent at what I do. He's really, really good. Uh, you're, I mean, it, it's nice to be able he to... He plays Fenders and Gibsons. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but it's nice to like to not have the pressure of it. And to just, now you like, get to it, just enjoy it, right? It's as fun as it was when I was 13. Uh, because it's I'm doing it because I love doing it. Mm. And, I, and I get to learn about myself. And I get to, I get to write songs that serve my community. R- right now, I'm... You know, I don't put out a ton of records anymore. It's they used to be every year. Now they're every five years. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, but my my oldest daughter is sixteen. My next is fourteen. Like my kids are going to leave my house soon. So everything I've been writing over the last this last season, this next project that I'll put out, it, they're all songs for them for when they don't live with me anymore. This is what I have to say to you. If you can't get me on the phone, you can find me on Spotify. This is where I'm going to leave you Whoa. little messages in bottles of what I have to what I what I want to say to you. And it's, and it's that God loves you. Mm. Pretty much that's it. Here's, here's a bunch of different ways and a bunch of different rhymes to tell you that God loves you. Mm. And um, I'm having so much fun doing it. There's so much freedom in it because I'm literally writing all these songs for three people. Mm. And, um, but I think I've told you this. I got a copy of your last new record and I was, it was 4.30 in the morning, and I was heading to a hunting trip. My son's dead asleep in the back. And I put it in, and I moved the speakers up where they're just in the little f- front part of the truck. And it was so good, I almost called you to tell you, I'm driving down the highway in the pitch black morning crying. I need you to know how good this song is. And then I remember thinking, it's 4.48. We're not that good of friends yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm a lot. <laughs> this is too much, even for me. And so I didn't say anything, but I remember just thinking, how does somebody connect this way? Then it's almost like, because you got, you've got, you're not just creating good art, bro, but you're writing a, you're writing a love letter to your, to your babies, right? Yeah. You're l- writing your, a love letter to grandkids you're never going to meet, um, or great grandkids you, you may never know about legacy. That's something totally different. I mean, it's not saying that they're good songs, but they're, oh. but, it's fun to write them, yeah. you know. It's it's that's a different level of I want to connect so that I can make a bunch of money, or I gotta have a number one. The pressure, oh, dude, the pressure of trying to, you know. And I've done that in in the artist world, but I've done it now. I've been in the business right. side of it for seven years, and so that's long enough to have tried really hard to make something work. Yeah, and I know that that's never the thing that works. A mm-hmm. and B, it's never fulfilling, right? Because I'm just chasing the hit. Yeah. And when you're trying to do the thing that to show everybody so that they respond to you and they respect you and like man that's that's never your best. Work. It's hollow, right? It's yeah, never yeah. your best work. Yeah, <laughs> it's hollow and nobody trusts. Nobody believes it. How does it? How does it? A, a, a community here. How does it? An audience is probably better than community. How, an audience knows they I, they it, know you're not being you instinctively. 
it's got to just come through the, I don't know how that works, but that you can hear it and you just know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That person's not telling the truth. And for some reason, same production, same instrument, same studio, you just lean back and go, yeah, that guy's telling the truth. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's one of the, that's one of the hardest I, things to chase in, in what I do is how do you capture, when you know somebody and, and you know they're trying to communicate something, how do they do it in a way hmm. that that feels true and that, that speaks to the heart of somebody? That's that magic uh, Gullihorn quote. Like, just, how would you say it? Right? <laughs> like, I want to tell my, my brother that I love him. How would you just tell him? Like, say that, right? This yeah. is magic words. All right, so let's back out here. Yep. You mentioned something that's um, meant a lot to me and a community you're involved with has reshaped this for me over the last decade what this means and it's, in fact it's become something I, a drum i beat all the time it's the idea of you cannot do life without other people oh, period, yeah right and i'm thinking of the 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 women who call the show who have had miscarriage number three and mm. if they get one more text message from their friends about the upcoming baby shower right or if they yeah. see one more woman walk through the grocery store with this new baby how do you have community and not hold on to that? Man, you've got something I don't have because it feels very similar to the 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 artist world. You've got buddies now who have their own names, have their own labels, and they're heading out on tour. And you're just got your fingers crossed. I'm going to get that call, mm-hmm. and then some other guitarist gets that call. Yeah, yeah. How do you how do you retain community? How do you retain love with these folks and not let that demon of jealousy take your soul from you? Oh. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> uh, or how did I think you, you just I, described my 20s and 30s in that question. <laughs> or, or I've always just wondered from afar, there's just a bunch of guys in a bunch of different bands. And I know if I'm sold a million records band X, if I invite you guys out with us, I'm going to change your family's financial position. Yeah. But I'm going to take them. I'd have a hard time not being like, dude. Yeah. What about this guy? You know what I mean? But that's, I mean, that's the, that has, that's every industry. That's every, that's every job. Every family, it's every situation. Why do you have a husband that didn't cheat on you? Why do you have a kid that didn't get leukemia? I mean, that's a question we ask all the time. It feels particularly acute in your world as, as almost a daily occurrence. How do you have community with folks that you're also kind of like, man, I'm one of that? Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, that, I, you know, I mean, I have a, a a couple mutual friends of, of ours who yeah. have become like I've watched I've watched uh, a few friends become legends, right? You know, like oh, we were friends, and now people don't talk about you the way they used to. They talk about you the way they talk about Paul McCartney. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, and I have followed you in the bathroom. Yeah, and we're the same, yeah. right? <laughs> I know exactly what you're capable of, right? <laughs> you know, I've heard you when you're pissed off, and you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I know you, but the yeah. whole world has said. We choose you, right? Yeah. And there it goes. I mean, I think I lost a, I lost a number of years to bitterness mm. over that. Uh, and when I say lost, I mean I lost out of I lost out on the relationships I could have had with people because I was so it was so hard for me to handle. Um, I'm really going for it here, aren't I? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is there a couch I can lay yes. on? <laughs> yeah. um, but it's but it's true, you know. I think it's it's so easy to say, you know, I can't even talk to that person. Because it's just too hard for me. Because mm. I want to be, I think I deserve it, or they don't deserve it, or whatever or it is. Or it's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. I work so hard. You know, especially in America, I think we have this view that if we work so hard, we can, we, if we, we dream get it, it, we can achieve it. We get it. 
you know, go get your dreams, kids. And it's like, ah, that, actually, the math doesn't work right. out. There's only so many, right? right? Yeah. Oh, there can only be so many astronauts and presidents. Yeah. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you either, again, choose bitterness or gratitude. Am I thankful that I get to do what I do? Mm-hmm. Or am I angry that I didn't get to do what they did? Dude. Because I got to do something that's wonderful. Yeah. And I will never appreciate the wonderful thing that I did get to do, you know, because I'm, if I'm so focused on what they got instead of me. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, is, that a, is that a discipline you practice? It's absolutely a discipline. It is mm-hmm. a choice. It is a wake up, put your feet on the ground, and decide to be grateful. Every, every, it's almost yeah. like I'm going to run every day so that the day shows up and I've got to sprint. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Right? Yeah. And it's, it gets easier. Yeah. Cause guess what? It's, it's a joyful way to live. Right. It's, it's actually really fun to enjoy the things you get to do. Huh. And it's fun to celebrate your friends when they, when wonderful things happen to them. That has become probably the most mind blowing thing of the last two or three years for me is how problem centric how hey how are you man i mean, i'm fine it's covid right it's this and it's whatever <laughs> yeah. and that's just how we greet one another it's hot it's so cold yeah we don't greet each other with do things are actually pretty good right now yeah you know what i mean we don't have a, a, a an ethos for that and this idea of being able to celebrate your friends that has become the way i know that i'm in true community with somebody mm. when i'm having a rough day and they tell me something great and i it's exciting yeah. to hear it and vice versa, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful though, isn't it? It is. I struggle with understanding beyond time and weird, like we experienced some stuff together. We were on a bus for six months ago. I struggle with articulating how to cultivate that in just the average run of the day world other than sitting down in the gratitude journal and making it a daily discipline practice. I mean, that's definitely, you know. Scripture, prayer. I mean, I don't know if this is, can we talk about that yeah, stuff? Yeah, on this yeah, yeah. Talk about anything you want to. Yeah. Um, but that's how you, I mean, that's where it is, yeah. right? That's, it's, that's where you find that. That's where you find peace that passes understanding. Uh, and that's what you're really talking about is, is peace instead of anger and jealousy. Yeah. And when you can operate out of peace and joy, dude, you can do anything. Yeah. Then you can really do what you, you know, you, you can achieve your dreams because the thing that you dream is, Loving and serving other people. Hmm. And when you're loving and serving other people, have you found, I mean, it feels like the more you are focused on other folks, the more stuff, I don't want to sound all Jabezzy, but the more stuff comes at you. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is you not Jabezzy. You, yeah. you don't do it for an R- the ROI of it. You do it because yeah. you just hold life a lot lighter. But the truth is, if you're the person, I, I literally, I just had coffee with a like a young singer-songwriter like two hours ago before I was here, uh, who's got maybe some more resources than some others. Mm-hmm. And is like, ah, I don't just, it's not happening for me. You know, I'm, just, and I'm working all day in my house, just working on this stuff. It's not happening. I was like, I think you need to invite other people over and 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 who can you serve? Make a list of people that you can serve with your resources and your time if you've got this, you know? And the truth is, is like, you're going to work on their stuff. You're yeah. going to get better. They're going to get opportunities. They're going to call you to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. That you serving your community is actually going to be the best thing you can do for your career. Right. But But if you... But it's not to do it for your career. It's right. to do it because it's the right thing to it's do. The right thing to do, right? It makes you you're a 
makes you a better person. You get to you get to joyfully serve these people in the process of giving our lives away. We get so much more life. Like mm. that is true. Yeah. It's hard, but it's simple. Hmm. So let's shift gears here. You have been on the road with a number of people over the years. Gajillion, I would say, give or take. You've seen a lot of different versions of what dating relationships look like, what mm. marriages look like, what parenting looks like. My guess is, you and I have never talked about this. My guess is you've seen some and you're like, I wouldn't do it like that. Or you've seen some and been like, that's aspirational. I would love to yeah. lean into it that way. Again, this is a show that's I'm a dork. I went to a lot of college, and so I've got a lot of clinical answers, and I've sat with people. I get so much from how art looks at different, different ways of living your life, how it informs it. Yeah. As an artist who has spent so, many t- so much time with other artists, Someone was to say, hey, man, what are some tips and tricks on being a great dad? What are some tips and tricks on being a good partner in a, in a romantic relationship? What would you, what would you tell somebody? Uh, I mean, I would say, first of all, I, I deeply wish I was better at both of those things. Yeah. Um, the moments where I have felt great joy in parenting and in husbanding, um, it's the, it's exactly what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. It's um it's seeing other people and serving other people. And it's um I remember uh we were at this thing at one of my kids' schools a couple of years ago and they said if you really want to talk to your kids and have like one of the best ways you can love your kids is to get below eye level. Mm-hmm. And when you're below eye level like you're looking up at them. And it's a it it flips sort of in our brains how we process it's a power how structure, we can yeah. trust yeah, yeah. right and I immediately so I started trying that and I mean dude it works overnight yeah but what's what 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 do we all want we want to be seen and loved we want someone to know us and to love us despite knowing us that's right yes <laughs> right and to celebrate call out the good in us mm-hmm. and that's what I want and so. Um, you know, we have amazing kids. I think a lot of that's because they got great genes from their mother. And your kids um, are your kids are incredible. Yeah. And you're kind. And so are yours. And but I think it's a lot of it's that, you know, we spend a lot of time together. We have yeah. a, we have a very small house mm-hmm. that we've desperately tried to get out of a few times, but <laughs> it hasn't worked. But I honestly think having a small house has been great because we have to be in each other's business. Mm-hmm. We can't we don't have the option to like get away from each other. Oh, so we okay. we have to deal with it. So you have to be intentional every second of every day. Yeah, and uh, as much as it'd be nice to have, you know, like three bonus rooms and five guest rooms, it's like, well, it's it's been kind of great to all be stuck in this little room with each other cuz here we are. Here we are. And that means we're going to have to have uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. And we're going to have to connect with one another. But, but that that means also we get to experience what's on the other side of those things. Huh. And and that's been really really fun, um, mm. and I mean I think to adventure with each other, you know, and it, that doesn't have to mean a lot of money, mm. but just explore and waste time together and build things, you know, just be creating things, be side by side with each other as opposed to across from each other, mm. and and working on things together, um, this has been really fruitful, dude. That's so good, man. Uh, is that old Rich Mullins quote that we tend to over-spiritualize Jesus. And I think with 
parenting, we tend to over theorize it and over academize it. And oh man, kids are just desperate for. Like, we just hang out. Just can, can we, we just see me? Can I go with you to the store? Yeah. Can you ask me about my day? And can we be silly on the way? Yeah. And can we sing? And will you sneak me some jelly beans? I mean, the parenting can be really, really simple. Yeah. If I can put my phone down and put my desperate need for this other oh. new series I got to watch or this my ambition for to be 40 and I got to still put those leather pants back on, bro. Right. They say ambition bites the nails of success. <laughs> Doesn't it though? So last question here. Um, you work with a lot of young artists, mm-hmm. right? You work with folks um, writing and processing and trying to put worship music out into the world. Yeah. Often, I think, if I think of worship music and you distill it down, it's what are the things burning holes in people right now? Mm-hmm. And when you talk to young people, their ambitions, you can kind of step back and say, what are their gods right now? Yeah. So as you work with young people, as you work with trying to, that bridge to connect with audiences, when you listen to what they are looping on, what their dreams are, what their fears are, and you've got a house full of kids, right? What are a couple of things you're seeing just out in the world that bring you joy? What are a couple of things you're seeing that make you really uncomfortable? Hmm. I mean, I am really blessed with an amazing community. Mm-hmm. I believe that the best work only comes from community. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really just lucky, or the Lord smiled at me, or whatever, to have sort of found a really great community super early on that I'm still super tight with, and we work together all the time, yeah. you know, 20, 20 some years now we've been in and all of our roles are different, but it's still the same people. Um, and that's been a real joy. And, um, one of the things that's given me the most joy is being in this position now where I get to sort of invite people to the table. But what I get, what I do is I, I sort of set the table mm-hmm. and then I get to back away and hope that they become friends. Mm-hmm. And it's been fun to watch some of them create themselves and, uh, there's a little FOMO because I want to be in it, right? Because it's you know it's like oh I'm like I'm, but I'm a, I'm a coach now I'm not a player, uh, and um and it's been really it's been wonderful to watch these this community grow and w- one of my uh, colleagues who's a dear friend uh, he calls the work we do relationship farming. Wow! Which is, you sort of plant seeds uh-huh. and you tend it, but the Lord's going to make things grow, mm-hmm. and and I'm not if I'm chasing sort of the hit, uh, then I'm trying to I'm trying to use people. But when, when I just bring wonderful people together and try to serve them, then they make wonderful things that will get hits. But that's, that's not the point. That's a know? byproduct of. That's right? a byproduct of it. So by us building, by us trying to, to really build a healthy community of people that we serve well, um, that equips a lot of communities around the world, you know, and they'll, they'll make things that will serve people. And that's really been beautiful. What what are you hearing from young artists, from young musicians that makes your heart skip? Like, y'all need to solve this, man, right? Y'all need to get on this. Uh, oh, man. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I feel like there's a real, um, I can go so deep into this, that, and I don't you know, we don't have time, but um, there are these generational arcs in the way that the church tends to work, mm. um, where you had... Uh, the Jesus people, and then you had the mega church, and then you had the kids that grew up in the mega church um, that are the you know millennials and Gen Z or Gen X, and they had kids, and now the young artists 
and the young people are the kids of the millennials of like they're the grandkids of the megachurch mm. and uh so you're seeing an embrace of uh, of less scripted worship less scripted interaction with things they don't want to be programmed they don't want to be sold to they don't want to be marketed to they just want to be with huh and the church is growing a lot smaller mm-hmm. among people that age and what i'm what i mean by that is not uh in number of people actually mm-hmm. but they don't want to meet in groups of three five thousand uh, they don't want to be in number they want to meet in somebody's living room and they want to be known it's just what we talked about the other yeah. stuff and so uh most of the young artists that i work with um, are in deep intentional communities of 50 100 200 people um they come in these small churches and they're doing just beautiful work because they're writing songs for my friend who just lost their mom mm. and not to try to get on the radio gotcha right and so when that song gets on the radio oh man that's fun and then I hear it driving down the road, and I just lose a buddy. Yeah. And then somebody just puts a, a, a lightning bolt into my heart because they're writing to somebody, and that somebody happened to yeah. look a lot like me, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's so fun. That's when you get magic, man. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm so grateful that you're now the player coach. The only thing I would ch- – the only challenge with that analogy is there's got to be moments – like when you're a, a coach coach, like I can't – jump like that anymore i'm old my knees don't work you have to sit there on the sidelines sometimes be like i can play that better than that guy (laughs) i know number one you should not be playing a jazz master because why is that guitar even made and two that's an inside joke he's got one um and two i could probably play that better than you but i gotta let it go let it be out there that 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 can be a challenge sometimes <laughs> it's gratitude, right? I guess. It's like, I just but see, it's fun when they get it, when you help them get it. That's the fun thing. Is it the hot oh, I'm so be, fun. You, I just get to see you at the Ryman sitting off into the wings, just like with your gratitude journal. Like, I'm grateful for this opportunity to this, watching this, somebody just go kill it. Oh, it's, it's so wonderful. Good. Well, brother, thank you so much for being here. Man, um, what, a, what a treat. We end every show with the greatest song of all time right before we, we started rolling. It, by the way, um, we talked about this earlier, but um, your show, one of your most important songs for me in the last couple of years was one of the first songs we, we uh, I put on this show, the greatest songs ever. It's so, it's such an important song for me. Um, but I asked you what's your most, your favorite song of all time. You immediately rattled this one off. We printed it off, brought it. So you can do the honor. You're the first guy to ever get to close the show with, oh their, with their favorite song. Goodness. Well, I we let of- Rachel Cruz, but she tanked it. No, McConaughey did his favorite too. So you are in good company Dang. with McConaughey, Rachel Cruz, and, okay. Osinga. Well, I don't need this, but um, oh, you oh, see, look at that baller move, dude. No, it's it's, I mean, uh, it's, it's on my it's imprinted on my heart, right? It's Paul Simon, who's just my favorite, um, and this is one of his later records. Is uh, a couple years ago. He's I love it right now because he's not writing as a young man; he's writing as an old man. Yeah, and I love hearing this brilliant poet write about sort of regret and loss and longing and the future. It's amazing. He's writing some of the best songs ever, but uh, this song. I won't read the whole thing, but he goes, who's going to love you when your looks are gone? Who's going to love you when your looks are gone? He says that a bunch of times. And then at the end of the song, he goes, God will, like he waters the flowers on the windowsill. Take me. I'm an ordinary player in the key of G, and my will was broken by my pride and my vanity. Who's going to love you when your looks are gone? Who's going to love you when your looks are gone? Dang. So good, And that's right? a guy that had all the looks. <laughs> For a little while. For a minute, yeah. Wow. Garfunkel did. Garfunkel was the looks. <laughs> That's the looks. Kind of like this show. 
You're Garfunkel. <laughs> I'm Paul. Andy's got the looks. Hey, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, everybody, thanks for, for joining us on today's show. This has been the Dr. John Deloney Show. Yeah.